0: This is Film Club number two, where we talk about the Banshees of Inner and the social network.
1: So here we are, Film Club number two. I'm Ellis and this man here is Gareth. Hello everyone. And... It's a brand new thing we're doing with the podcast, where we started this with Focus Film Club number one on YouTube, which was the Gentleman. Now, people who have maybe tried YouTube before will know it's quite hard to keep up. I have a newfound respect for YouTubers mm. because doing it is—it's really hard, um, especially when there's us two and we live forty minutes away from each other. It's quite hard to get the time to get together and do it. So we've moved <laughs> and it make an on interesting video as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, we've moved on to a, a podcast format where each month we'll have two films, one new and one old, uh, and we will discuss them both and uh, kind of in a book club format. So, in today's film club, we're talking about The Banshees of Inner Sharon and The Social Network, mm-hmm. which, when I was thinking about it, guys, these two films are actually polar opposites in the fact that Banshees of Inner Sharon is so much about the basics of life. And the basic kind of things that we need to survive as human beings uh, and how we communicate through human beings. And then the social network is about really the biggest change in communication uh, that, that, that I've seen in my generation, uh, for sure, is Facebook. And is, the, is what the social network is talking about, where people are communicating in different ways uh, and are communicating online instead of in person. So I noticed that kind of link, but you picked the social network after we'd picked The Banshees of Inesherin. What? Why? Mm-hmm.
0: For not that reason. Uh, the reason I picked it was because Quentin Tarantino famously picked it as his uh, film of the decade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so... It was one of those films that I'd not really seen before and not many people have said that before. And I was intrigued sure. before I'd watched it. And so I wanted to start with that because I wonder how many other people think the same and what other people's opinions are and what your opinion is. But yeah, that's an interesting point. But would they make a good double bill?
1: Uh, Potentially, to be fair. Yeah, maybe they're very different films. They're like polar opposites. Really, mm. in in uh, the kind of style that they are and the way that they're put across. But both very good films, so there's no reason they wouldn't make a good double bill. Mm-hmm. But the way it works is I've got a collection of questions that we're going to answer. We're going to go through, we're going to do a one film at a time, but we should disclaim that we may spoil either of these films. We, we may talk, in our answers, may spoil them. So... I will put the timestamp below so that you could just listen to the social network bit or the Banshees of Inner Sharing bit, if you wish. Um, But also just note that we may, we will spoil these. So if you haven't seen them, go and watch them, come back and listen to everything we've got to say about both films.
0: And if you haven't seen them, when you do go, just remember, oh yeah, they did a podcast about this and then come back and listen to it whenever you fancy. Exactly.
1: The idea is with these, that they're a film club. So you guys come and it's like, we go away, we watch something, we come back and we're all here to discuss it. Um, Just, you know, you, we won't respond to you. Like as you answer in the car or at work, we're not going to answer your questions.
0: I think they know how podcasts work.
1: I'm not. They might not. (laughs) They might not at this point. Like, they I'm might think virgin. we're on
0: the phone to them. Is that what you're suggesting?
1: Maybe, yeah. <laughs> are you are you right? Have you ever been listening to a podcast and then you're like answering them or?
0: Only when I've been on a podcast with you and you go, "So Gareth," and I'm in the car and I go, "Yeah," because oh. it's, <laughs> because it's, I instinctively go, "Oh, Alice is trying to say something to me." Yeah, that's the only time. But when someone famous says, "No, no,
1: no," okay. I,
0: Sorry, I feel like you do, and now you wanted that.
1: No, 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 it's fine. I'm just... (laughs) Pretend that I don't, don't. and that'll make me feel better. (laughs) Let's just move swiftly on. Uh, So we'll start with the new film, which is The Banshees of Inner Sharon, directed by Martin McDonagh. I knocked on calm Sonny Larry. He's just sitting there. Sitting there doing what? Sitting there doing nothing. Smoking. Was he asleep? He was smoking, Siobhan. How do you smoke in your sleep, like? Gareth, my first question, if you think of the film right now, if you think of the Banshees of Sharon, what image do you see?
0: Landscape, I'm going to go with. The okay. landscape in this film and the way they have filmed it is very cinematic. It's beautiful landscape, uh, mistiness. I don't know. There's something about the landscape that reflects their lives and reflects my life. Does it? Yeah, I think so. It's a very British film in a sense. I know yes. it's Irish, but um, I connected to the landscape being Welsh, I guess. Sure. But that, that sense of tradition, the way that they, because they built those sets. Did you know that? Like the, mm-hmm. the, the, pub, the pub, they built it. Oh, it looks so real, really. Oh, but it yeah, looks so real
1: yeah. and authentic.
0: But the way they draped the sets on that. Um, landscape was just amazing. That's So that's what I think of. How about you?
1: I think of an individual shot. So yours is much more broad. Mine is just Colin Farrell walking with the donkey. That's the shot I look at. And I think it's oh, yeah. like been one of the promo shots, but I think uh, there's perhaps some sort of metaphor and speech, overarching speech in this about Colin Farrell being similar to his animals and kind of, some people feel they have to protect him. Some people feel like he's isolated himself. Uh, and he's, he's a being bit a, uh,
0: yeah, a bit of an ass. Yeah, in the Shakespearean. Exactly. Context, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, uh, I kind of think of that one. I think that sums the film up quite well because not only do you have those metaphorical things that come into play, you also think about that as just that is the setting that really shows the vibe of the film by what he's wearing, by what the, the fact there's a donkey. Uh, walking with him and the rolling hills mm-hmm. behind him and things like that. So yeah, that's definitely what I think of.
0: I was gutted when that donkey fluffed it.
1: Oh, mate.
0: Devastating.
1: Honestly, gutted, absolutely gutted. <laughs> and the um, the acting in that bit, I mean, we'll get onto performances in a minute, but the acting of that moment with Colin Farrell and the donkey... Mm-hmm. So good because you, you can really pull at a heart, the person's heartstring in the audience with an animal death.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My message you can't watch um, our planet or, you know, planet earth, all that. I can't watch nature film, anything nature documentary. Cause she just cries. Cause there's always going to be fighting. So um, yeah, this would, that would upset her as well. The donkey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that opening landscape you have that, the, uh, that song starting at the beginning, don't you? And it's all very scenic mm-hmm. at the beginning of the whole film. I found out that song is not Irish. All right. It's Bulgarian, mm. but it feels very Irish. It just feels befitting with, with the whole mood and the setting and the surroundings. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. it's a Bulgarian song. Interesting. Mm. And it was just because Martin <laughs> McDonough heard it and he was like, I've got to have this in my... Film, I can't remember
0: basically. it now. They've not redone it in Irish, have they? It is no, it was it, 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 so
1: yeah, yeah. Then there were voices. It was like, Aah. it uh, was like all oh, very yeah. choral and yeah, intense. Um, it's,
0: it's flooding back to me now.
1: In that, was it that impression?
0: Yeah, yeah, nice one.
1: What was your favourite thing about the Banshees of Inisherin? About this film,
0: my favourite thing. You're gonna are you gonna be specific again in your answer?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm
0: going broad strokes, aren't I? But, um, I put in my review on Letterboxd, uh, about it being, there's not many films like this these days in terms of, I can find my review now, um, that it's not going for anything grand. There's not huge, any huge set pieces. It's more about, um, it's understated. And it's a simple story. So my favourite thing is the fact it was a simple story. Um, And I was just really happy in this world. So my my favourite part really is the first two thirds of it, because I'm just living in this. I guess it ties into my first answer. Uh, I felt very uh, connected to the story and the landscape and the people. Because it speaks to something... Uh, ancestral of okay. mine. Anyway, I don't know if this is out of, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but there's a huge people in England don't realize the difference between England and Wales. For example, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of English people think that in Wales is very similar to English cultural, culture wise, but having grown up in Wales, it's very different. And there's a, the history is a big part of our culture. And I don't know if that's a Celtic thing, but I just felt the same with this film, that there's a history to it that I really enjoyed.
1: Interesting. There's a, there's a film that you had a similar reaction with. I can't remember what it was now, but I remember you were also excited to see Belfast because of that reason, Mm -hmm. because you see more similarities. Am I right in thinking between Wales and Ireland than you do between Wales and England?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I preferred this to Belfast. I'd, yeah, yeah, I'd say so.
1: Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah. I well actually, I think I preferred Belfast.
0: You gave it at five, didn't you?
1: I did, Belfast. yeah. And it's not like sat with me as I mean we're not here to talk about Belfast, but we're here now. Um, it's not sat with me as well as I thought it would, but it was the first ever film in my adult life to make me cry. Yeah, uh, and that's got to mm-hmm. stand for something. It really evokes some emotion yeah. in me. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. What's your answer to this question? What's your favourite part? Um, favorite thing? I think
1: my, it's just the performances. To be honest, like I think if this film had a bunch of actors you didn't like in it that weren't likable and weren't great, you'd be bored out of your mind because it needs those performances as, as lovely as the landscapes are, as amazing as the mute soundtrack is, as great as the story or lack of story is, it needs those actors to, to carry it through and make it entertaining and keep entertaining. Mm -hmm. Obviously Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and their bits together are brilliant, but also Barry Keown, who, yeah, I mean, his bits are just so wildly unpredictable, and his conversations with Colin Farrell feel so truthful and they just feel so heartfelt and nice, and like nothing else matters. They're not thinking about anything else in the world.
0: Can I, uh, am I allowed to talk about a, f- a standout scene of his? Go on. When he pronounces his love for, um, yes, Colin Farrell's sister. Yes. And then Kerry she Tom says, Bones, no, What does he say? He says, like, Well, that's my dream over or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's just the way he says it. And he looked really distant. You know, oh God, that's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. And he like wanders off. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like to her, because we're kind of seeing it from her perspective because she's more of a protagonist than he is. So we're kind of, at first, you kind of like have, obviously she's going to say no because she's not interested in. And then you start to Mm -hmm. think about his side of it and how sad that is. And that's when the emotions come through and you realise how great he's performed that moment as well. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, I, Colin uh, Farrell lived together on they? set and apparently, um, Barry Keown kept stealing his cornflakes. What? Uh, so annoy me. Colin Farrell would come down and it was current down in the morning And it was like, Conan Farrell described it as being like living with raccoons Uh, (laughs) because someone had like stole his cornflakes and like made a mess and made, so I don't know whether that's like a little bit of a method acting thing coming through from Barry Keowen and he's just trying to Mm -hmm. piss them off a little bit or what. But like, if we were living together, working together and I stole your cornflakes. Yeah. I, I imagine you'd be livid.
0: I would be livid. Yeah. There was a guy in uni, right, that used to use hand wash for soap for like body wash. What every like, we'd buy a hand wash for the bathroom. Two days later, it was gone, and he. And then one day, I found it on the shower, <laughs> and he'd been using it. And I had to, I had to corner him and say, "Was he you to putting toothpaste
1: in his hair instead of shampoo?" I, I this guy. He was
0: just. He was a tramp.
1: So what did you say really to him when you, when- <laughs> I
0: just, he was about to leave the door and I just, I i closed the door and I went, mate, stop using the, the shower gel as soap. No, the hand washer shower gel. And he went, uh, okay. <laughs> and he cried. So basically what I'm saying is, I would intervene if you kept stealing my cornflakes. Right.
1: But he, did he turn to you and go, well, that's my dream over. And then start walking.
0: (laughs) No, No, I didn't find him in the river two days later. Heartbroken.
1: (laughs) Um, What was your least favourite thing about the film? We four starred it, both of us. So there's clearly, spoiler alert. So there's clearly something uh, about this that we didn't like as much as other things. So what was the least favourite thing?
0: Um, I was really hopeful of... Things to work out, which I always am in these films, and I'm gutted I'm always like, oh damn, it hasn't all worked out how I wanted it to. <laughs> but when um what's his name? I'm gonna find his name. Colm, Brendan Gleason's character. Yeah. When he chops his other fingers off, it goes from a drama that I was enjoying to it was almost like a horror. Because the mm the music, music became changes quite horrific and yeah. the way he just walks past them with no fingers on, it became a bit of a horror to me and I didn't enjoy that as much. It was going to a really dark place. It's quite a dark film anyway, mm-hmm. but it went probably a, a shade darker than it needed to.
1: That's kind of similar to mine. My My least favorite thing about the film is that I don't think it sustains the level of comedy. And in some ways, I mean, there's definitely intentional because the darker it gets, the less of a comedy it becomes. Yeah. Um, but I, some of the bits I loved and I felt like there's such potential for this to just keep growing and get... Like in Bruges, is funny as much as it's painfully sad. It's funny until the closing moments. Uh, so I kind of felt like this could have been similar. It could have used that dark humour still, but it kind of loses it. So yeah, I'd agree. Would you rewatch...
0: Oh, I can't wait. To the point where I've been thinking, should I go back to the cinema and watch it? Really? I was, Yeah, especially for this, I was thinking, do I have time? I didn't have time. But I want to put it on my Blu-ray shelf.
1: Yeah, it's definitely I guess a that's Blu-ray. the question.
0: Is it going on your Blu-ray shelf? And yes, it is. It's got to. How about you?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I, I can't wait to get Blu-ray. I have a DVD collection I'm rather proud of, as you know. And I have kind of converted with newer releases to Blu-rays and Mm -hmm. I get, I try and get like, I'm going to try and get four or five films a year that have come out on Blu-ray if uh, you know, and I've got the Batman from this year and I've got Top Gun Maverick and I'd like to get Banshees and I'd like to get everything everywhere all at once as well.
0: Uh huh. I tried to implement a system where if I rated something a five star I'd get it, but I did that twice and that was the <laughs> Joker. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> nineteen seventeen.
1: Twenty twenty, right. So yeah, you really haven't continued that. None at all, no. The direction, Martin McDonough, he's previously directed in Bruges and uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and seven psychopaths. And now he's arrived here at the Banshees of Inner Sharon. What do you think of him as a director and his direction specifically in this film?
0: I, after watching this, I went on YouTube and listened to some interviews that he'd done. Interestingly that he point blank refuses to do a Marvel film. I don't know if you knew
1: that. Yeah, I did know that.
0: But, uh, I like, I like his stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know if i'm right here but three billboards is a lot different to the other these other things even though there's darkness but i didn't realize he did that until i think because pointless. it's american yeah
1: well it's set in america it doesn't feel as but he said that was his big film he's he never wants to go bigger than that now right. he wants to go back to the imbruge size or this size films uh, i think he said this was a bigger production like because well uh, now you said about them building the set that kind of makes sense. But yeah, yeah it definitely feels different through billboards, but I still five-star that film. I think it's an outstanding film. Yeah. So in relation to his other stuff, I think this is just as well directed as his other films. Like he's I think after Tarantino, he's possibly my favorite director. I'd l- I just anything that he brings out, I will be straight there to see. Uh, and a similar thing with Colin Farrell. And that's what I was going to kind of tie in with about this and the performances has this film made you think that, okay, well, if anything comes out with any of the people involved, I will go and see it. Um,
0: specifically the director, I, I feel like. So the, the thing that the the top question, which was what's the first thing I thought about was the landscapes. Yeah. And I wouldn't have thought about that if it wasn't for him and his what True. he wanted to get out of his vision. And he wrote it, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, it's really well written. So yeah, I th- before this film, I- I'd seen the uh, his other stuff, well, some of it anyway. In Bruges, three billboards, but I didn't connect the two. I don't tend to do that with directors, but yeah, anything from him uh, uh, going forward, I will. And then Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, I'm always interested anyway. Yeah, so, sure, Kerry. Condon, I wasn't really that aware of, but she's in a lot of Marvel stuff, right?
1: She plays, uh, is it Friday? The voice in Iron Man's suit uh, uh, in the, some it. of the later films.
0: But yeah, she was fantastic as well. She really, really added good. something to the whole thing.
1: And Barry Keoghan's an interesting one because he's lined up to play the Joker next.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: He's in loads
0: of stuff, isn't
1: he? He is, yeah, because he was in Eternals as well last year. Um, With the performances, which, I mean, it's difficult to rank, like think of the performances and which was better, but which was your favourite? Which performance did you come away thinking that was the best performance in that film?
0: Colin Farrell. In my review, I put uh, there's a human truth in the struggle to articulate oneself. Wow, that's quite. That's for me. That's pretty good. That's
1: a good sentence.
0: <laughs> Thanks, but yeah, that anything. Anytime there's a film about someone who struggles to communicate, or uh, yeah, find the words, and his character definitely does that. You can see he's trying to work out what is actually happening with his relationship with his best friend. Yeah, he can't find strong enough a word to get across to his friend how he feels. Sure but you can see that in Colin Farrell's performance he's note perfect i feel like
1: i would absolutely agree i think there'll be a couple of cast members from this that get awards nominations if i'm honest but i'm i'm on the Michelle Yeoh for best actress and Colin Farrell for best actor that's what i'd like lo- i'd i'd love to see that at the uh, at the oscars next year
0: uh-huh
1: that would be great I don't know how this how has this gone down as many people watched it do we know It's gone down well it's gone down really well um a fair amount of people have watched it I don't think it's done as well in the states uh, as it has over here uh, but that's kind of to be expected I think uh as far as reviews go it's been most people have been four-starring it to be honest I think that's the the that's how it's been doing uh it had its world premiere at the Venice Film Festival, and Colin Farrell won the Best Actor award, and McDonough won the Best Screenplay award there. Nice. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the box office it's it's only made 11.2 million, so it's it's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but it's done okay. Okay. Nice. Uh, are there any lingering questions about the film that you want answered or just want to talk about? Is there anything that's been playing on your mind since?
0: When can I watch it again? That's one question I had. hmm But that's it. Yeah. I mean, have you got an example that might spur my mind?
1: I would say I'd like to know. And this is always my thing with film. Like obviously they've decided to tell the story they've told and that's great. But for example, I would love to know if they, f- after this film became friends again and went to the pub again and, and started being friends or if they kept distant or what, what the dynamic was in their friendship after this, this film.
0: Uh huh. It's an interesting one. Cause I never think about that. What would I like to know after? Sure. Um, I almost get annoyed sometimes when I know too much at the end. Yeah. You know, oh, I think it, it
1: finishes. Yeah. It finishes perfectly. Uh, and I'm not saying yeah. I'd like to, but that was just the question I had was, I wonder what, what, uh-huh. what, well, I guess the question is, what do you think? Do you think that after the events of this film, they become friends again? Or
0: I tell you what, there's a, there's a potential for a spinoff. With what's her name? Because she goes off to the island. What's all that? Kerry Condon. Yeah. Kerry Condon's character. Uh, do I think they get on after? Mm, I don't know. I would have thought so, but I mean, Brendan Gleeson's character is going to need a bit of help, isn't he? Because, you know, only got five fingers now. <laughs>
1: that is true. Yeah.
0: So maybe you'll need some help day to day.
1: He's buggered himself. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: Why would you do it? Uh, just... That's the fundamental question I have, actually. Now we're thinking about yeah.
1: it. Yeah, why would you do that?
0: I know he was going through some mental, because he the guy when he goes to the confessions and he's saying you're still having a. Uh, What's he saying? Yeah. Oh, and, you... ha- and how about the despair? Yes. And he's like, yes, yeah, coming back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, the it's the he needs
1: help. I love that bit when he says to the priest, he's like, it's not a sin to not like anyone, is it? And he goes, no, but it's not very nice though.
0: <laughs> it's such a good little retort. Yeah, that whole little bit, was a nice little comic relief.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And the, didn't he have a massive go at him at one point?
1: Yeah, he comes screaming out of the box, as <laughs> There's people it's waiting so there like, God, oh, Christ, I, I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good. So good. The other bit is that, I mean, it, it's not so much, some I just, it infuriated me watching it. Things like this do, uh, was when Colin Farrell lies to the guy. That's the young guy. I can't remember. His, oh the yeah. Name. The guy
0: that, um, the that vi- the violinist. Yeah.
1: When the- he lies to him. I was like, why have you done that? You're a nas- That's nasty. And you're such a nice... It was just more like I was disappointed in the character that, that he'd done that. Because the film has done so well to get me on board and realise he's just a nice bloke. Uh, that when that happens, I was just like, no. There's
0: desperation there though, isn't there? Definitely. But this is what yeah. I'm saying about this struggle to know how to communicate what he's feeling. Is that he got told to be more brash by the younger character. Yeah. And yeah. so he takes that at face value and just does something stupid that he hadn't really thought through. Yeah. Because that's what he thought he should do. But yeah. then when he tells his sister, she goes ape at him mm-hmm. for doing that. And then he realizes, but you can, that's what's so good about Farrell's performance is that you can see all that in his face when he realizes what he's done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and you can almost see it when he's telling that guy that he's not really, think, he's not really thought through that it's a really not a nice thing to do.
1: He, he's one of the best. I mean, I think he is my favourite yeah. actor. But yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And there, there's a whole thing right to the end of not just him. I think there's a thing for all of them. Like even Brendan Gleason never explains himself very well. It's this whole thing of men really not being able to talk about their emotions and break down barriers and actually talk about things and how they feel. Uh, And I Mm -hmm. think you see that throughout from Colin Farrell's character, especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What was your initial response to the film and has that changed? I've sort of talked
0: about my review a bit, but Mm. my initial response was one of um, admiration, I guess. But yeah, it was sort of like, I really enjoyed my time in the cinema watching it. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those films that I have not really stopped thinking about. I keep going back to it. Yeah. So it must've had a bit of an impact. Definitely. Not many do these days. Not many do. So it's growing with fondness, I'd say.
1: How about you? Yeah. Mine's grown as it's gone on to the point where I'm like, should I have five starred it or have I made a mistake there or,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: my, my opinions do still stand on the ending. I feel like it rises to a degree that you never quite know how it can satisfy you. And I think the film just kind of has to end at a point and that's fine, but it just kind of leave, left me thinking, uh, well now what now? Like, I don't know, just it kind of left me feeling a little bit emptier than how I started which I think Mm -hmm. is probably the point, but yeah. But my, my review now and my view of it now, and my kind of final review of this film is that it's bloody great. Uh, It's so good. And when you watch a film like this, you think, why am I critiquing it? Because this is a film that's been made expertly, regardless of my opinion. Uh, It's, it's been done so, so well. So I think that, my opinion, basically, in general, of The Banshees of Inner Sharon, is that it can't really be touched in how it's made. It's just my opinion that I would have liked to see it end in a slightly different way. And that's why I didn't five star it.
0: I wonder on a rewatch whether I will go up to a five star. Now I know what's happened. You know, sometimes when you know what's going to happen, you you're a bit more at peace with the things you don't like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that'd be interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what we should discuss is the wall, the focus film wall which we created in Focus Film Club number one, is basically, let's just not even be around the bush. We've taken the concept from Top Gear, of all things, which they had a a wall, two walls. They had one that was like the cool wall on how cool cars were. And then they had one of the speed of cars or celebrity drivers. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to, as we go along, slot in these different films into place. So at the minute, the top of the wall... Oh, go on.
0: I was wondering whether a way to do this would be you start at the bottom and then do we say, does it beat that? Yes or no? I think so.
1: Yeah. For now, when we've got more, we would obviously have to go like, like, where around are we? Yeah. 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 So first streets at the bottom. Do we think it's better than first street? Yeah. Better than the gentleman.
0: Yes. I would say so. I think so.
1: Better than host. Yes. Yes. For me. Better than Gladiator. I would say yes. Yeah. I'll yeah, go on. You yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, and the top one is The Dark Knight. Now I would say it's below The Dark Knight.
0: It's below The Dark Knight, yeah. So it's going in at second, right? Yeah. Lovely.
1: There we go. The Banshees of
0: Sharon. is second on the wall. So that was The Banshees of Sharon. It's currently in cinemas, but not for long. So if you want to go and watch it, and you did listen to all that spoilers, uh, then (laughs) get to the cinema. But I hope you enjoyed it. So now we're going to talk about The Social Network. Mr. Zuckerberg, do I have your full attention? No. It was released absolutely ages ago. It was released in 2010, 12 years old. Directed by David Fincher. Starring Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake. The list goes on and on. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, the Quentin Tarantino named it as his best film of the decade of the 2010s. And so we are going to apply the same questions as we did for the last film. I'm going to start with this, Anis. If you think of the film right now, what image do you see?
1: It's a, it's a scene, it's a specific scene, and it's the scene when, towards the end of the film, Andrew Garfield's character has found out that he has been stitched oh. up by Mark Zuckerberg, and he storms into the office and demands to know where he is and goes to him and smashes the computer, and, oh, it's just so... I mean, Andrew Garfield is a brilliant, brilliant actor, uh, and that whole sequence is just him. All, all else you have is reaction from Zuckerberg, and Jesse Eisenberg, an actor who... I don't love, uh, but I think he, this is the role that was made for him, uh, apart from the fact it was made for a real person called Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, but I think that whole scene and Justin Timberlake's reactions, is just perfect. It's so good. So that's instantly where my brain goes to when I think about the social network.
0: You know, my favorite bit about that scene is when he goes to punch Justin Timberlake and Justin Timberlake just flinches like his little boy. Yeah, yeah. And you realise that he's just a bully. Mm-hmm. And he just bullied his way through that scene. And you just see the real... Timberlake acts it so well. He's like, huh! Yeah. And you could just see his character just fall apart in that.
1: I'd know. love to see him in more. Mm. Justin Timberlake.
0: He was yeah. in a few stuff, but it was pretty rubbish.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of rom-coms it's... as well, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. He had a bit of a flurry into the acting biz. Mm. But apart from that... Uh, friends with benefits he did, wasn't it? Bad teacher.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. But you know, he yeah, he was great. The thing I think is, uh, it's more of a phrase, I think. Go on. Of when I think of social network. And it's one of the reasons that I didn't watch it for so long. I only watched this two years ago, maybe a year ago. And it's, ugh, that's my phrase. <laughs> or can't be asked might be another phrase oh. because just the idea of a film at Facebook, I was always like, Oh no, thanks. Just sounds boring. Yeah. But I'm so glad I watched it because it's great. But even for this rewatch I did yesterday, I thought, oh, can't be asked. Even though I suggested it as, <laughs> as a film club. <laughs> um, it's that sense of Facebook. Oh, it's a bit dry. But that's what's so great about it. Yeah. Is that it is, even if you, if you, another person making this film or a different set of people making this film, I think it could have been really boring. But they just made, made what's not the best story in the world, a really good story.
1: It's the non-linear narrative that does it for me. Mm-hmm. The way that we chop around between the different court cases uh, and... Facebook starting and after that and just the way it chops and change, it does it so well to like break up the tension and move the story along and it's really well paced. But yeah, if I, if I think of the film, I I do think of that scene specifically, but I completely get what you mean because when you pick this, I was a bit like, Oh, mm. like I, I was surprised that you picked it. But I was, I was a bit like, ah oh, okay. That means I've got to rewatch it and I'm not that bothered. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed rewatching it.
0: And what was your favorite thing about the film?
1: I think the law case bits. The everyone loves a courtroom drama. Like in yeah. a film especially. They're always so much fun. And in this one because it's done kind of in a much smaller way instead of being in this big courtroom, you see the intimacy of everyone's relationships with each other that they know around those tables and you also see their reaction to certain things so each character's kind of reaction to things that are being brought up things that are being said and with each character and with each actor and with each performance you have a different perspective of this story that you've been following from the start to this point in in the story uh, whatever point you are in the film so the court cases are, are, are my favorite thing i'd love to i think it's such an interesting thing to think about that just the concept of them sat there would keep me entertained. I wouldn't need the actual backstory bits, even though they're great as well. I, I'd be happy just watching the court scene kind of happen. Do you know what
0: uh, made me realise re-watching it? It's very, it's like um, a teen courtroom drama. That's what I feel like it is because there's so many moments throughout it that remind you that they're just kids and how young they all mm. are when they went yeah, through yeah, all this. Yeah. So that bit about um, torturing a chicken—it's mm-hmm. just a weird thing—and then the, when the twins meet the head of the school and are moaning about uh, Mark Zuckerberg nicking their stuff, you could just—all these little bits remind you they're patronized, aren't they?
1: Into into just being nothing in that little moment.
0: Yeah, but it just reminds you that they are still in school and they are still learning. Whereas yeah. normal courtroom dramas—they're all about adults who've done something really bad. So that was my favourite thing that. Nice. It was an interesting perspective.
1: Well, apparently they want to do a second one of the social network. Really? Because obviously so much has come up, up about Facebook since. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. there, there's rumours that David Finch is interested in doing the social network too.
0: That's the same reaction, can't be honest. Yeah. Um, conversely, what's your least favourite thing?
1: Okay. This is controversial because I think Jesse Eisenberg is really good in this film and he does his job pretty damn good. I just don't like him. I think he's insufferable. I think this is possibly the only thing I can tolerate him in. I don't, I've seen him in interviews and he never comes across nice. In fact, in a few I've seen, he comes across really nasty to people and I don't appreciate that. I think there's always room for kindness. No matter what you're like... I get it, it must be horrible having to promote this film and answer the same questions for days upon end when you're doing these publicity tours, but it's your job. You're getting paid to yeah. be there. Like shut up and get on with it. And a lot of money. But in in regards to the film, he just irritates me. And I think that's why it works so well in this film, is because you're not meant to like Zuckerberg. Do you know what I mean? You're not really meant to sympathize yeah. with him. He says at the beginning in that opening bit he says, and it's kind of just wedged in with the other dialogue. He's like, I don't want to have friends. So you know from the beginning what kind of a person he is. He he wants success for him, no one else. And he'll do whatever he can to get there. So my least favourite thing is Jesse Eisenberg. But I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I think I agree with you, you know. Imagine being told, you must have been told you're perfect for this. Yeah. But obviously the guy's a knob. Mm-hmm. and insufferable yeah um I agree I think I know you've just rewatched it but is that it now would you rewatch it again
1: I don't think that's it I think I'd rewatch it again it is a film that I'd say to someone you should watch this film let's watch it do you know what I mean if it came up like I'd maybe I don't think Becky has ever no. seen it so I'd perhaps say we should watch this um so I possibly would rewatch watch it, but not anytime
0: soon. I wouldn't go out of my way to rewatch it again, I don't think. But if it was one of those things, if it was on ITV or something, and it's like 10 minutes in, I would put it on and I'd end up watching the whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Because it's one of them, it's like you say, you don't think, when you think about putting it on, you're like, oh no, I don't. I can't really be asked. But when it's on, you're like, oh no, this is why it's so good. Because look at it, I can't yeah, take my eyes you. off it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's that thing of, like you say, the mixing of timelines. And I wrote mm-hmm. down that it's very similar to how Mark Zuckerberg is very fact based. So whatever's going on in the courtroom, you see what actually happens straight away. Sure. So I quite yeah. like, quite like that. And it just keeps the whole thing moving. There's no yeah, mystery, yeah, yeah. but that, that's what, that's its appeal. I think.
1: Yeah. I, I looked and it did really well when it first came out worldwide. It grossed $224 million. So, I, do you
0: reckon it's the social, do you reckon it's the Facebook name maybe that Maybe at the time also, it was still growing, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. But also things like the fact that Jesse Eisenberg was, like you were saying, was growing at the time as well. Uh-huh. Um, Andrew Garfield, just in like, likeable or well-known people in it, uh, perhaps added to that, but... Mm-hmm. You know, looking at things like, for example, uh, Toy Story 3 came out that year and made $415 million, which in respect to the social network, there's not that much difference, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. David Fincher, the director. <laughs> yes. He's, he's got quite the back catalog. Seven, Fight Club, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Gone Girl... More, more recently, Mank, Panic Room as well. What do you reckon to this? Because uh, it's a lot different to some of these other things he's done.
1: So not long ago, uh, on Talk About podcast, available wherever you stream your pods, we did a <laughs> <laughs> we did a David Fincher list episode where we basically oh, yeah, rank, yeah, yeah. rank the films, uh, and you ranked in- Mank rank mank. you ranked mank. we yeah. did rank mank, and we also ranked seven okay and the social network <laughs> came first it came number one uh did of it Finch films from people's Oh, interesting yeah. um, i haven't seen seven it's similar to this in that i think about it i'm like oh but then you put it on you're like okay well everyone's good in this it's it's and the ending, oh my God, it's uh, but it's slow, it's slow moving as a lot of Fincher films are. But one thing we said about David Fincher when we had that episode was we said that he's a typical thriller director in that he lets you sit back and watch everything. He doesn't want you to feel like you're in it. Like some directors do. He doesn't want you to feel like you're in with the actors and like you're just in, you're going along with them on this journey. Um, like Martin McDonough does, really, we, we are seeing it from Colin Farrell's character, Patrick's point of view for most of the time. Whereas David Fincher lets you sit back and watch all the events unfold in front of you, lets everything happen and lets you make up your own mind on what you feel, how you feel about the characters and how you feel about the story. And I think that is definitely the case with Social Network. You see every single cog of the story. It's not like you're just seeing Zuckerberg's point of view. You're seeing how the whole thing Kind of worked to rise Facebook up into what it is now. You're seeing everyone's point of view, everyone's story, um, and I think that all comes from Fincher's direction and the way that he chooses to do that non-linear narrative and flip between everything and build you up and take you on this story with with him as opposed to with the characters. Mm-hmm. Every
0: shot, I think, comparing to in a Sharon where I mentioned about the scale and the, the scenery and things like that. Everything in here reinforces the fact that this story is in a world that's quite mundane. So it's in a world Mm. where it's code and offices and nine to five type of thing. So even, even every shot feels like, (laughs) I'm in an office. It's all like yellow lighting and, but it still drags you along. It's amazing how they've managed to do it, make such a compelling film out of such a mundane world. Mm. Cause essentially you just nicked an idea of someone yeah, and then it became massive. It's not that,
1: you know? No, no, no. But there's bits of like, I think a moment that really sums up the, what you're saying there about the kind of, it's nothing that impressive about, the lives of these characters particularly is the bit yeah. when he runs in the dressing gown, he goes to the meeting in the dressing gown and it's like, yeah. Oh, well, here we are. It's so much more important to him. He's so confident in his ability and his intellect that it, it appearance doesn't matter. And Zuckerberg still doesn't live in a nice house and he he, he mm. goes on. He doesn't have a nice bed. He doesn't have nice cars. He's not bothered about that.
0: But yeah, the fact they've made such a gripping film out of that, Oh yeah. I think that's one of the most impressive things. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, And we've touched on the performances already of, uh, especially Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, Jesse. Um, But what do you think generally? Any other highlights?
1: Andrew Garfield's the highlight for me. I think he's the best of the film. Uh, And without him in it, I don't think I'd like it as much.
0: I think he's us, isn't he? If if anyone's going to be us. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But well, he's the only one you sympathize with, because most of the other characters are dickheads.
0: <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. He is literally the only one who's not a dickhead. Yeah. Justin Timberlake just he's so good, but he's he's awful and you know, yeah, the yeah, character's yeah. awful. Yeah. Um and that's the only bit that I didn't realise in this story that the Napster guy was involved in it. No, Every I had time, no idea. Like, oh
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Do, were you around with Napster? Were you, was that a thing
1: when you were- I know around? what it is, but I don't- And I knew what it was, but I don't- I never had it.
0: You had no- Yeah, I had a bit of- I was there. I was there, You man. were there. <laughs> <laughs> but I was too scared to do anything with it. Plus, my internet was so slow, it would take about four hours to download one song. So, got a bit sick of it. I was dial It was dial-up era, really. Ooh. We're coming back to that question. Are there any lingering questions about the film that you want answered? I can start this if you like. Go on. Because I, when I rewatched it yesterday, I didn't realise how abruptly it ends. So in in that regard, because it just ends at each on computer and then she says, oh, she, I wrote it down. She said, there's a really good line, the last line. Um, she you're says, not an oh, asshole. Yeah. You're yeah. trying so hard to be. Yes. That's a great last line. Nice. Yeah. Uh, she's great too. Um, Rashida Jones, yeah. Yeah. And, but equally, I can see why they'd want to do a second one because it just sort of, the case, the case ends and that's that.
1: Well, there's been so much thing about data protection with Facebook that mm. I think it would be interesting to see to see a second.
0: True. But there is a moment, uh, we were just talking about him. What's his name? Andrew Garfield's character, his girlfriend comes in as like, you, you're not... Uh, you're still single on Facebook. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and then yeah. she sets fire to the bin. Yeah. But that's like, that's the creeping in of modern life where social, the social network is determining the relationships you have with everybody. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. really clever. Mm-hmm. But more that's of that. That's a really, really good
1: point. Uh, the rest of the film, it, you've got to kind of live in this world where actually social media isn't a massive thing. It doesn't Mm. really exist and isn't dictating people's lives, where now social media does massively dictate people's lives. And that all stemmed from, really, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Questions? Lingering? Any?
1: Not really, to be honest. No, I've not got anything uh, that's hanging over me that I need to... No, no,
0: not really. I have a question. I've got an additional question for you. I'm chucking in here. Go on. Do you agree with Tarantino? That it's one of, if not the best film of the
1: decade? So he's talking about the 2010s? Mm-hmm. No. In Bruges. Anyway, In Bruges for you. Uh, I can't yeah.
0: remember what I put for mine. But is it even close?
1: Uh, I can understand- the way we're talking
0: about it, it's like, that's well, all right, but it's really good. It is
1: really good. I can understand where he's coming from. And actually my Box review was about the fact that no wonder Tarantino loves this because the dialogue is so good. There's not yeah. many films. Th- I think top 10, my top 10 films of the best dialogue, written dialogue. I think this is on there. And I think the other nine would all be Tarantino films. Yeah. <laughs> um, the exchanges between everyone are so quick uh, and so well-written and feel so real that you believe that every single character actually exists. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, so, and well they do, but I mean, in that form uh, looking like Justin Timberlake or Andrew Garfield. Yeah. 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 So I, I understand why he would think that because I think Tarantino could have written this himself because he is, in my opinion, one of the best writers ever for film. So I can understand it, but I don't agree that it is one of the, it is the best film of the decade.
0: What about you? Well, I just quickly brought up my top twenty of the twenty tens, and it's not in there, so I would also disagree. My top was Whiplash, of course. But uh, I think it's that lack of emotion throughout the whole thing. But I think you're you hit at the nail on the head when you said that the the only character that we sympathized with Eduardo,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like if. See, there's quite a lot of characters in this, and if he's the only one, then I'm all about sympathising <laughs> and uh, nice people and stuff. So Yes. But I can also appreciate how good it is, but it's not in my top 20, so. No. Last couple of questions then. Your initial response to the film, what was it and has it changed?
1: Uh, so the first time around I four-starred it, uh, I thought it was good, but... A little bit of the problem, the, basically the problems I had with Jesse Eisenberg, kind of were more apparent the first time. It bothered me more. I don't know why. I just, and also it was that thing of, I was a bit younger. I didn't really appreciate. I mean, you know, get, three years ago, social media was a problem, but it wasn't spoken about in the way that it is now. So now, yeah. the social media is becoming such an issue to people's mental health and to to just how much we're on it as human beings and how much it dictates people's lives. I think it's much more apparent and it's actually more relevant now than it was when it released. So I preferred it the second time around. I think I'm still on a four star, but it's a very strong four star.
0: It would be a different film if they made it now, wouldn't it? It'd be more sweeping... the story would be more sweeping about the problems of social media. Whereas this is quite a specific part of the story, which Mm -hmm. is, it benefits from that. I think I first impression, I don't think my impression has changed between the two because I, well, I watched it fairly recently and my initial impression was what I've said all along throughout this, that I was really impressed by what they've managed to do with such little material. Yeah. And I still think that, but this time when I rewatched it, I really appreciated some of the performances. And like you said at the top of this about that scene where he goes apeshit with the laptop and stuff. I love that. Yeah.
1: Such a good bit. Final review. What
0: is your final review?
1: Uh, I guess this is a good film. It's very expertly made. Like it's effortless in its direction and its writing. Its writing is very real. The performances are great. But a film that makes you go, ugh, before you watch it, there's there's a that's a negative response. That that's and, and although you put it on and it's good, I've watched it and still didn't look forward to rewatching it.
0: I would say that if you're thinking about watching it, it's one of the it's one of those ones that's gonna go down as something to watch of from that decade. It's a yeah. classic. Whereas when we look back at some 70s films and stuff, I have the same feeling where I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered with that film. But Mm. you know, it's a classic, so you stick it on. And it's the same with this one. It's a very important film historically in terms of the story it's telling, but it's not going to blow your socks away. Blow your socks away? Yeah, that's right. They're already off.
1: They're already off, but no. (laughs) So this will blow your socks off, but it won't blow your socks away. (laughs) Yeah they'll just land just in front of your
0: feet end game and you know the last two they blow your socks away
1: they (laughs) (laughs) blow halfway down to Wakanda they're gone
0: Dark Knight you need a new pair because they're somewhere else now
1: Dune socks don't exist they've 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 all deteriorated in the
0: yeah your clothes are off yeah and you're in that black stuff that that naked guy's in oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah You turn around, and you're just covered in that black stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where's this going to go? You've got the list, so you, I'll let you do this bit.
1: Okay, well, better than First Street. Yeah. Better than the Gentleman. Yeah. Better than Host. Yeah. Now I would say better than Gladiator. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. Which means it's a battle between this and the Banshees of Inner Sherry. Which do you prefer?
0: Easy. It's third for me. Yeah, I would agree. So So Banshee's second. Yeah, and first is The Dark Knight. Will The Dark Knight ever lose? That is the question. I I don't know. I
1: just don't know. I just don't know because it's so good.
0: There's got to be better films out there. We can't just, we can't give up now.
1: I'm not saying we (laughs) (laughs) can And that is it. We're no more Focus Film Clubs.
0: (laughs) You know, what's the point otherwise?
1: So to round off, to finish off, I've got a game. I'm going to create a game every time we do one of these that is linked somehow to the two films, combined by the two films. Okay. So today's game, I have a review, four reviews, of Colin Farrell films that were written on Facebook. You have got to guess what the film (laughs) is. You're clever. Thank you. You are clever. You've got to guess what the film is from the review. Hang on, can I bring his back catalogue up? Oh yeah, go for it, go for it. Uh, they're all one-star reviews, by the way, of his films. Oh. Well, you you go go because number one, I got bored. Might be great by the end, but I couldn't tell you because I turned it off. <laughs> uh, the lobster. No, good guess. It's in Bruges, which That's I mean, harsh. utterly wrong. Uh, but, you know. Number two. Clear. It was written by a white man who not only thinks he's not racist, but also has never smoked weed before and thinks he knows what it's all about.
0: <laughs> what on earth could this be? I'm just looking through. He's done a lot of films. To be fair, he has. Oh, um, I'm going to go with horrible bosses.
1: It's the gentleman. Ah, uh,
0: that's my second option.
1: That's a fair <laughs> review. This is a good one, like Doctor Who, but opposite. <laughs> like Doctor Who, but opposite. Yeah. What does Doctor Who do? Well, Doctor is a time traveller. I I think the review from this is going from the fact the way they describe the Doctor Who's mode of transport. Mm. The way you describe that would be different to how you describe. Oh, this I know! Film.
0: I know what this Go is. Go on. Phone booth.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Yes, that's a great film.
1: And final review. So apparently they used a real donkey for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Banshee's to sharing.
1: Correct. Two out of two. Yeah. Nice one. That Did was you enjoy a good game. That?
0: I loved it. Yeah. What are you going to do next month? Similar? We'll, similar we'll, we'll see thing? what or, the films we'll are. See, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what we get. Do we pick them now or that's the next episode? What do you the think?
1: Next, I, but next one. Do you think? At the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have so.
1: to tune in to the next episode of the Focus Film Podcast Which we will be joined, we can say now, by Paul Williams, who is a writer and he's going to be joining us to discuss the month in film, all sorts of things. The month
0: in film. How exciting.
1: Yes. And at the end of that, we will say what our next two film club films are, and you will have two weeks then to watch those films before we discuss them.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure, Ellis. It has. Good to get the first one out of the way.
1: Yeah. I've loved it. I'll be
0: honest. Loved it. And, uh, well, we'll see you next week. No, not next week. Oh, it's going so well. In a couple of weeks. Next month.
1: Fucking hell. You did it. Thanks for listening. We have been Ellis Barthorpe and Gareth Bradwick, and you can follow us at FocusFilmBlog. Read our reviews at focusfilms.online